to free beers and a movie. Nice. Hello and welcome to episode 166 of Three Beers and a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and tonight I'm with... Barry Neal. Barry, we're once again doing this by Zoom because the whole world, or the whole Scotland and Britain is about to go into lockdown again, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, but once again, we're not allowed to be within touching distance of each other. Yes. Yeah. Will this sequel live up to the first one? Who only knows? Sequels never do, and less people, more people might be involved in it, but no one's going to be as happy. Um, so, you're <laughs> at home, I'm at home. What are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm drinking a cheeky wee beer called Shahelian. Oh, Shahelian. Who's that from? Yeah. Uh, Harveston Brewery. It's actually a really nice one. Um, I, think we've had, only, I, think we've, I think we've had a few from Harveston Brewery before. For some reason, like Morrison's up here in Scotland were like stocking them for ages. But then all of a sudden they just stopped stocking them. And then they just started stocking the other one from the brewery. And I'm like, God damn it. Yeah, so, they do seem to go in like, sort of cycles. The only thing you actually find constantly yeah. in like sort of the Morrison's Tesco now in terms of like sort of craft beer is you always find Brewdog. Mm. You know? mm. In the west of Scotland, you'll usually always find west as well. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. everything else seems to be sort of like, yes, you might get more stuff most of the time, but it's always sort of a bit more rotational. You know, they'll, they'll sort of, it'll depend on what they're, what they're pushing, you know. Like, yeah. recently I found First World Problems, that's been available in Morrison's all mm. the time, whereas before that was like sort of occasionally available, but now it's been there every single week. Nice, nice. Yeah, so very happy with that one. Right. Um, I'm not on Bob. any beer because I am still technically a little bit hungover, so I'm on a, I've got a very large <laughs> mug of tea. Lovely. Lovely. Very yeah. grown up of you. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, so we talked about a little bit at the start there. Um, it looks like the country's heading back into lockdown. Um, so that essentially means probably less cinema oh. viewings. I imagine cinemas might be sort of shutting their doors soon again, unfortunately. Um, the government really hasn't come out and said oh. what exactly is going to be happening with cinemas and pubs and clubs and restaurants and all that kind of stuff. But I sense yeah. that... Based on the fact the films that are out in the cinema right now are still the same ones that were out when the cinemas first opened, that mm. there is not a lot of faith and a lot of sort of um, belief in the studios that if they put anything out just now, people are going to go and see it. I- I'm very much getting mm. that that vibe. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And also, at least this time, I'll actually get to enjoy lockdown with everyone else. Yes, you can. Yeah. You can. Yeah. You can yeah. You're not going to be able to work can- every day. You can you can enjoy yeah, sitting at home watching movies all the time like I did and try to work your way through Netflix. Play truck simulator. Yeah, you can play truck yes. simulator, flight simulator, however you want to play this now. Um, yeah. But yeah, so maybe take up a spot of farming in the afternoon, you know, with farm what? simulator, you know, farm bill or something like that. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> a man whose life is only simulated. <laughs> yeah, but it does feel like we are going to be back in lockdown. Hopefully, it doesn't happen. Hopefully, the world yeah. can fix itself and hopefully we can avoid it but it does seem we're heading that way so I don't know what that can do for cinema viewings but it does mean I'm guessing yeah. is that we will be watching a shit ton more of things on Netflix and yeah. um, Amazon and all that kind of stuff so we'll be pushing our way through oh, yeah. them as we will be doing over the next couple of weeks again and um, we'll have to see exactly what we can what we can watch what we can see okay and um, so with that in mind we're going to start with one that I've seen you've not seen it's called Don't Let Go which is available in Sky Cinema, um, directed by Jacob Estes, who directed Mean Creek, and he was a writer of the Rings movie, the sort of recent horror film, Rings. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so the plot of this one is, there's a police officer who's very close with his, his, um, his niece. She is, she is murdered, 
and he's obviously grieving for his mother or his niece. Um, but then literally about a month or so later, he gets a phone call from his niece, and it's but it's from the past. So he's in a sort of weird mm. time loop where, the, where he's talking to his niece in the past. So he try to use talking to her in the past and trying to use that to try and figure out how she got into the situation she got to get murdered and who was doing, who was possibly going to be the one who murdered her. Um, so her father and, mm. and her uncle are sort of mixed up in sort of nefarious deeds. Um, so, so, so he's trying to figure out the murder and ho- number one, hopefully preventing the murder and number two, if he can't prevent it, find out who did it. Um, so in the film you've got David Oelio, um, who's in a lot of stuff. You might have seen him recently in Interstellar, who's also in The Gringo. Uh, really good actor. He's also in Selma, uh, United Kingdom. Really, really good actor. One of those really good character actors who's finally getting a chance to sort of shine in bigger roles. Um, Storm Weed from A Wrinkle in Time, the young girl in that. She plays as Denise. Uh, Makiti Williamson, who, if you know Forrest Gump, he plays Bubba in Forrest Gump. Ah, cool. He plays uh, the the father. Uh, Alfred Molina, Doc Ock from Spider-Man, he pops up in it as well. And Brian Tyree Henry as well from Widows, he pops up in there as well. So it's a very, very solid cast. Um, and that's one of the good things about it. The, the, the performances from all the all the, the players, the, the, the two leads, are fantastic. You know, they, they commit to the role. They are really good in the, in the performances. And certainly when all the performances taking place over the phone, because obviously they're talking to each other in different time periods. So they're not really together for a lot of the film. They're a wee bit at the start um, of the film, they're sort of together. Other than that, the, the two leads um, are working sort of off screen with each other, so that was really impressive, and they bring a lot of commitment to performances. Um, the, the only thing it doesn't really work is that the, the time travel rules get muddled, and we've talked about this before. We're watching a few other things recently. Um, that James versus Future Self, you know, if you're going to have time travel in it, I have no problem having it in it, but you've got to stick to your rules. And if you start breaking your rules of time travel, then the story and everything falls apart. And this breaks its rules so the rules get muddled and that sort of mixes up the tone a little bit so it doesn't really quite vibe the way you kind of want it to and um, it's a good idea mm. but it does sort of dissolve into sort of a towards the end just a very routine cop thriller it doesn't really have anything beyond oh. that it's a bit of a shame and um, because it's a good idea good cast director shows some flair and things we can offer next but it it felt like and I'd never heard of it before. I had an and I've used, and I, I like the people involved in it, so I thought I maybe would have heard of this. I don't know if it's been caught up in COVID or if it just went straight to DVD. Um, and to yeah. be honest, watching it, it feels very like a straight to DVD, straight to streaming service kind of movie. It doesn't seem like a cinematic movie mm. in many ways, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah, yeah. But not a bad film by any stretch, and it's one of those films you might watch on a Sunday night, just when you're lying on the couch, you know, when your the week's coming to an end and you're trying to get egged up for the, for the Monday. Just sort of a nice sort of relaxing, mm. not relaxing, but sort of a, a decent thriller watch, but nothing out of the ordinary other than the fact the time travel thing in it, but they just they don't commit to that enough to make it really interesting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, out of 10, I give it a very solid 6 out of 10, which is right. worth a watch, but I felt it had a lot more promise than it actually than it delivered. Yeah, yeah. Not too bad. Um, on from that, one next few films you have seen, so we can discuss a little bit more in detail. Uh, the first one is a documentary. Mm. Um, well, documentary with a little bit of drama in it as well, which is interesting. Um, it's available on Netflix. Yeah. It's, it's, a doc, it's called The Social Dilemma, um, directed by Jeff Orlovsky, who's done some interesting stuff before. He's actually done a lot of documentaries about nature and sort of um, climate change. He's done one called Chasing Ice, where he's sort of going oh, he's yes. sort of yeah, documenting yeah. Um, glaciers and things like that. Uh, and also living with, living with jaguars 
So he's done some more of the kind of nature stuff. This, this seems a bit of a departure for him because this one is basically about um, the social networks, you know, your, your Twitters, your Facebooks, all this kind of stuff, and how they sort of infiltrated society and how they become sort of you, yeah part of basically basically their lives and how and what what the what they can be used for good and bad a lot of times. Mm. Uh, what does interestingly though is it's got the talking head thing you seen for a normal documentary. You're, you're very used to, but mixed in with that has sort of like almost like I want to say like reconstructions or sort of drama, sort of like versions of, of like yeah. what media can do, and also this sort of other version with a media version, a sort of a, a dramatization of how the internet works to keep your attention, how these apps work to keep your attention. So it's quite interesting how they've done that. And um, so the actors who pop up in it are Vincent Kurtheiser, who you know from Mad Men, and Cara Hayward. Mm-hmm. Skylar Gazondo, who was in Vacation and Booksmart, um, and then also a plethora of Silicon Valley Talking Heads alums. Mm. Um, yes. Most of whom yes. I did not know the names of. I think the big hitters aren't there. Like none, none of the sort of the top top men are there. It's all sort of underlings. No. It was yeah, and it was all guys and guy predominantly guys because that one person. Uh, that one giggle she actually wrote a book. Yeah. Uh, I it was all predominantly guys who had been in the tech industry, uh, built the empire, realized it was fucked, and then went, Yeah, I'm gonna show myself out. Aye. And just quietly yeah. left. I mean, yeah. And then yeah. started this crusade against it, what they had built. Yeah. Um so what do you think of this? Because this is sort of in your jar, this is in your wheelhouse, this one. Yeah, where you can find us all at three beers on a movie. Yes. We might not approve of the, the social media, but we do embrace it, unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's, it is what it is. You know, it, you're not learning anything new from this documentary, put it that Agreed. way. Agreed. And, yes. if you are, and if you are learning something new from it, then... <laughs> maybe go outside more <laughs> uh, it's yeah you know for a long time I came off Facebook just nothing was happening on it and all the rest of it and I did find my life was significantly I had I just found myself doing more things yes. whereas now I've kind of jumped back on and I do periodically check it but albeit a lot less but I am very guilty of checking other social medias um, for like periods of time and then putting my phone down and then checking them again yeah uh, we're all guilty of that I think yeah but it's like I just uh, it's good that these people are coming out and saying like yeah we've actually created this system and yeah we've kind of realised that it's actually tearing society apart because it's so polar it's either this way or it's that way there's very seldomly people can find common ground on it yeah. it's either i'm standing over here with my pitchfork and i'm gonna stab you and you're standing over there with your pitchfork and you're gonna stab me kind of thing um but yeah i you know society functioned before social media i'd like to hope it could survive if social media just disappeared one day you know yeah what do you think of the, the documentary not... itself would you did you enjoy the way what they did with it uh, uh, yeah, I actually quite like that kind of style of like uh, the talking heads from Old Silicon Valley, and then you've seen pretty much, uh, pretty much you've seen a family, essentially 
kind of being absorbed by social media and the fact that the breakdown of communication within yeah. the family and how like the boy just fell down the rabbit hole of like conspiracies and uh, kind of more hard leaning agendas. Yeah. You know, it did feel very much yeah. like, like the those two dramatizations. I quite like the one with the sort of the insider media network, how it works to keep your attention and sort of the three elements of it. Mm. So that, that was like sort of like almost inside an app, how, how an app works. I like, I, I quite enjoyed that. I thought I liked that part, how they used yeah. that, how they sort of try and push your attention. The dramatization of yes. the family, I found so cringy. It felt like it was mm. like sort of this very heightened version of it. It looks almost like what the, almost the right wing of things like sort of, or what what the both wing left and right thing wing, wings think apps do to people, you know, it's like this sort of, you know, mm. there's no, there is no, you know, idea like if you start looking at social media feed, because in the in the dramatization you get the, the sister who looks at nothing and she's supposedly all nice and healthy and nothing wrong with her, and then the yeah. the, the the son looks at an app once essentially and becomes the sort of like crazy <laughs> conspiracy theorist guy, you know, who is in a drama on it. It's like, going, I feel there should be some sort of middle ground between the two, you know, where you can, yeah. you can spend too much time on it, but you're not going to be sort of completely coerced into you know sort of you know believing every sort of mad conspiracy theory. Um, I mean, the kids were fucked from the very beginning anyway because at no point did they ever address the fact that the dad was black, but yet all the kids were white and the mum's white, you know? You think, you think like, you get some stories to tell? Is that you think? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like Chinese as well. Maybe Vietnamese? Yeah. The, the youngest child was like Vietnamese, wasn't she? Going, so yeah. like, let's assume an adopted family. Aye. It's an adopted family as yeah. opposed to the mothers pouring it around all over the place. Um, but then that even happened, the family, even the family itself felt like sort of like the ultimate sort of nuclear family. You had to have like sort of the dad's of colour, the mum's white. Yeah. One of the one of the, yeah. the you know all, all the kids fill certain dynamics as well, and it's like oh, did you have to like yeah, you had, you had to tick, almost tick like every box to try and like sort of make it palatable to people. And it's like oh, you don't have to you know sometimes you do get just families that are like a all black or a all white. You know it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that part, and it felt a lot of times, it, like, it almost felt like an after, you know, the kind of after school specials you would get, or even the sort of stuff you used to have to watch yes. in like yeah. you know, primary school, and it's sort of like, don't do drugs, kids, this is what happened to you. And it's, it felt very much like that. It felt very cheesy. Yeah, yeah. Very unrealistic. The talking head stuff, Yes. it starts off interesting, but then it just mm. seems like all they do is repeat the same thing over and over again for like an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, it's just a simple thing of, we made that out uh, the algorithm, and then we're like, "Oh fuck, we've actually, we actually made it not too good, but we've made it in such a way where it will." In fact, the best analogy, because I was going to say this anyway, is when the main guy relates it to the slot machines in Vegas. Yeah, how it's like, it's like they go deeper than just like keeping you hooked. It's about making you constantly come back all the time. Ah, uh-huh, yeah, you know. And I'm just like, that is the perf- perfect analogy for it yeah. all. It's just like, you know, just drop that little nugget of new in there and you're pretty much sorted, you know. I mean, and also, but, like like you said at the very start of the discussion of this documentary, n- nothing about it felt new. Like, I, I seem, like, I assume anyone yeah. who's watching this on Netflix must know this stuff already. That... Social media apps so. are addictive. Surely no one's watching this going, oh my God, I never mm-hmm. realised this. What's that? <laughs> you know. Hi. Yeah. You know, it's like no one's, it's, no one's yeah. surprised by this. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, it did, for that kind of message, it seemed very seemed very bizarre. And yeah, like you said, there'll maybe be like a, kind of a school special that they slap on to make sure kids are aware that that is something behind these websites like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok and all that stuff. It's like there is a deeper lying machine harvesting money all the time from you. You know, and that's what you have to constantly be be aware of. You know, yeah, that's why you all see mad adverts all the time. Yeah, but um, yeah. document yourself didn't really get much out of it. To be honest, I'll be honest with you, I didn't really learn anything, and that's one of the things when I'm watching. Yeah. Like, I feel like I want to learn something, and I don't think I don't think mm. I learned anything. No, no, it's uh, even the guy with the dreadlocks. See the guy who was like the cab, the cab pioneer of like yes. uh, VR. It's like he was a guy who was probably, I'd say, you know, the most outspoken about it all, but but being absolutely like just no holds barred about it all. Everyone else was being kind of, yeah, <laughs> we know what yeah. we've done and cap, but always kind of holding back, like almost like they don't want to embarrass, they don't want to shoot themselves in a in the foot for getting a job. Yeah, but he himself was just right out there saying like, yeah, we went too far with this. Yeah, yeah. Out of ten, would you give it? I'm gonna give it five because, yeah, same as you. I learned nothing from this because I have taken extended breaks from social media a lot of the time, and it's nice. You know, you come back to it, and then you're like, yeah, and you do see how folk get pure absorbed by it. You know, I'll give it a six. Love yourself. A, a six. I quite like how they put it together at times. You know, some of the stuff put together with it, but it felt like very, very, very low-hanging fruit. You know, mm. documentary about social media being bad for you. It's like that just doesn't teach me anything anymore. You got, you got to find a better yeah. angle than that. You know, and I, I don't think it's found. This did not find an angle that I found particularly sort of like revealing or interesting. Yeah, and yeah. it's like we all know the way that like things like YouTube work as well. It's like if you watch any kind of video, you can guarantee that your recommended page or the bar down the side will start getting filled up with stuff similar to that. You know? Like if they brought this, out, the they brought this where, thing out like five, six years ago, it might have been more revel like oh my mm. god, I didn't know they could track that much information, but we seem to, we all know this yeah. stuff now. It's just it's not revealing anything new. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I said like to you at some point that um, I had watched a whole bunch of um, footage for the new flight simulator game that it came out to the point where one of the planes in the game, the company that makes that started like, I started getting recommended the actual trailer uh, for their actual plane. Aye. And I'm just like, <laughs> interesting. It's obviously the, Ooh, the, the fact, you, the thing we get interested in, that's all it is. Yeah. 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 So if you don't know anything about social media, Sit and watch Social Dilemma. Other than that, I don't think you get much out of it. Um, yeah, so, yeah. 100%. So, on from that, we shall go to a war movie, which I know you're a fan of the war movies. Um, this oh, one yes. is called Danger Close The Battle of Long Tan, um, directed by mm. Kriv Sanders, who directed the film Red Dog, very, very famous Australian movie about a, a dog, obviously. Uh, and it's Day as well. Yeah. Um, so the plot of this film is essentially it is a troop of Australian soldiers in Vietnam 
who are vastly outnumbered yeah. when it came to fighting a contingent of Vietnamese soldiers. And it is a, essentially a battle of them trying to hold the line in order to, to stop them breaking through. And that's basically the film. It's, it's, mm. it's your Zulu, it's your Hacksaw Ridge, it's Gallipoli, it's, it's all those kind of films. It's, 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 that, it's that movie. Um, a very yes. unknown cast, uh, Travis Femel. Yeah. He was probably the most famous guy. He's in Vikings, if you will, was Vikings. Um, Daniel Weber, he turned up in 11, 22, 63, and he's also in The Punisher. Luke Bracey from Hacksaw Ridge. Richard Roxborough, is a kind of, kind of theater actor. And Nicholas Hamilton, who was in the new It movie. But none of them are instantly recognizable. It does seem very much of a, a very thrilling cast of guys who you kind of maybe recognize. You go, I kind of know that guy, but I really can't think of anything he's in. Um, mm. So... I'll, I'll start and say this. I am a big fan of Australian cinema. I, I'm actually, I really like Australian cinema. Australian cinema is sort of like the punk rock of cinema. It does all the things American yeah. cinema does, but does it usually in a really kind of dirty, nasty, sort of just a bit different way. So I'm, I'm always very much in for yeah. any sort of Aussie movie. Um, this, unfortunately, did not excite me at all because it didn't, I was, in, I was intrigued to see an Australian perspective on the Vietnam War, you know, because it's something we don't normally see. The American side, we've seen thousands of films on the American side. Not so many of the Vietnam side, which, which maybe it's tougher for us to find Vietnam films about Vietnam War because maybe they're not available to us quite as much, but that's not an excuse. So to see an outside of the conflict, you know, from this other perspective, because you realise how close Vietnam is to Australia, it makes sense, you know, why they would be worried about the kind of yes. uh, Russians coming in, Soviet coming down, so that's why I obviously got involved. Um, unfortunately, I thought this version just felt like a very cheap Hollywood version of... Yes, an American war movie. It didn't really seem like it gave me any new perspective on the Australian side of it. It just felt like this is a, this is a sort of almost a straight to video version of an American war movie that's been done. It, the only thing it was lacking was it needed it sort of like if it's made in America and under the Hollywood system, it probably had like sort of some sort of B list big name actor in it. You know, maybe like an Eric Roberts would have been in it or something. You know, something like that, or you know, or a wrestler, John Cena would have been in it, or yeah, something like that. Yeah, um, Batista. Batista, maybe. But even that, that's too big. It'd yeah. be sort of like, you need to give me a wrestler who's like sort of like a B-list wrestler just now. You know, someone who was, you know, who could pop up in it. Steve Austin, yeah. maybe, you make yeah. Steve Austin, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, he looks Australian. Yeah. Um, and I think I know about it more was like, until the final scene, like not even the final scene, the final kind of coda, like sort of a little bit of text, they barely, they didn't even know the fact mm. that the Vietnamese are fighting this thing. You know, they didn't, didn't even yeah. acknowledge any any part of their sort of like their fight or their what they were doing. It's almost very much it just sort of fed mm. into that sort of the Aussie Gallipoli myth of like the, the, the Aussies standing alone and fighting alone and like no one can stop them and it's sort of like uh, it just felt very jingoistic to me and just didn't really offer much beyond that. What about yourself? Yeah. Uh, I did like it how it got the classic Vietnamese war soundtrack in there, albeit yes. just for one song, but the, they did get it in. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It, yeah, it was an okay movie. Like you said, it was a very kind of watered-down kind of Hollywood movie. Um, you know, obviously, like, the budget isn't as high as maybe Clearly, say, yeah. like, other yeah. war yeah. movies, you know. But, for the most part, I thought the storytelling was kind of nice. It was kind of nice that how you thought the car, cap, or the car, like, uh, the car leader of like Delta, he was just a complete hard ass and all that, and he did ride the guys hard. But then at the end, you did actually see him like uh, start to crack and stuff. And yeah, that was kind of nice to see, you know. 
and how you seen like the kind of more human side of him when he was talking to that other fella um, about his like wedding and all that, you know. Well, the thing about that is like there's nothing there you haven't seen in American war films, so there's nothing different. That's True. that's the thing. There's not True. there's nothing that made it distinctly Australian apart from having the Australian cast. It didn't feel it didn't yeah. feel like an Aussie I, war movie. I would actually really like to see a really well done uh, Vietnamese war movie from the Vietnamese side. Yes. I really would like to see that. You know, I, mean, I think the Killing yeah. Field is a good example, but it's still an American film. But it's just it's a Killing Field. It's, it's an American. It's sort of like it's, it's more from the Vietnamese, Vietnamese side. But yeah, I agree. And mm. I would like to see that, but also just I like to see the Aussie side of it. I don't. I don't really feel like I got the Aussie side of this. All I got was Aussies almost pretend to be Americans. That's all it really was. Even the yeah. end quote when they talk about, you know. The American military gave them all the credit for this thing. You're going like, oh fuck me! Why does that matter? Does the American military give you credit? Surely you stand on your own. You know, it just, it just felt very, very an Americanization of an Australian moment, which maybe perhaps could have been told better if it had a more distinctly Australian soul and spirit to it. And there was mm. nothing about this that felt Australian to me. It just felt, it just felt extremely American, just with an Australian accent. That's all. That's that's the annoying thing about it. And that's what I feel the real mess when yeah. it came to that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It's, yeah. Uh, I did quite like it how at the end it popped up the pictures of the actual guys. Yeah, uh, that was cool. That was a nice wee touch because you did actually see a lot of the guys did actually look like them. Like they really went to town to try and find people that looked like yeah. the actual guys. Totally, but again, yeah. that's you've seen that in like a hundred American war movies. So it's like, why, like, why do mm. the same thing? You know, why make it the same? You know, if you're going to yeah. do it, do yeah. it different. Do it more interesting. Put your own stamp and spin on it don't just make the same thing with your own accent do something that makes it distinctly something that belongs to your country the good thing was it wasn't a particularly long war movie in That's the grand true, scheme yeah. of things. <laughs> i think it, i think it only came in at like two hours or somehow just under the two hour mark so it wasn't a particularly long war movie you know no, I agree. So it, it at least we... economical with its time, which we all mean you're always grateful. Especially when I try to watch a lot of movies in the mm. same, especially a week. Um, so that was definitely an enjoyable part of it. But yeah, just I had such high hopes for it. I really hoped for something really, really different and interesting. And I just felt like I got the same as I've always got from. So not the top tier war films, but you know, like your Saving Private Ryan, your platoons, you know, um, the, the top level ones. This felt like very yeah. much in the straight-to-DVD, straight-to-home video version of a war film, and that just felt very... a mischance, a real mischance. Yeah, it was very much like a case of... Like, uh, it had the same uh, the same kind of vibe, I thought, as that Nicolas Cage war movie that he done. Uh, you know, definitely, yeah, definitely yeah. not top tier, but it told a, an interesting story. Yeah, an interesting story just could have been told differently. Um, out of 10, what do you give it? Uh, I'm going to be generous. I'm going to give it a 7. seven um, you're generous. I'm giving it a 6. Because um, it was well made to a certain point, just not what mm. I really wanted, not what I really hoped for. Um, but yeah, 6 out of 10 for uh, Danger Close, The Battle of Long Tan. Um, and final yeah. film, on to the, I would say this is the main event of this week, the one I think both of us are looking forward to the most, uh, out of um, all the films we'll read this week, and that is the return of Bill and Ted and Bill and Ted Facing oh. Music, um, directed by Dean Parasot, who directed Red 2, and more importantly directed the magnificent Galaxy Quest, have you ever seen Galaxy Quest? Yeah. Oh. 
it's yes, a I normal, have. phenomenal film. So that's that, when well, they started talking about remake or doing a third Bill and Ted. Obviously, much like yourself, probably was a bit kind of apprehensive, going like, why touch it? Why go into it? But when he yeah. got involved, going that's some interesting stuff to get involved, and it's original writers are involved in it. Steven Soderbergh is amazingly involved in it, which I thought was completely bizarre, but very happy to have that. And the plot of this one is Bill and Ted are now 30 years older than they were, 25, 30 years older than what they were from after Bogus Journey. They have still been tasked with writing the song that will unite mankind, uh, but they haven't done that yet. And essentially, they've sort of basically fallen on harder times. They went from playing the Grand Canyon to now playing, what was it, like, um, uh, nightclubs and sort uh, of like. Just some dive bar. Yeah. Dive bars and stuff like that, yeah. Um, so they're, they're tasked this time to try and still find the Beatles of the world. So they start traveling through time, because time's about to collapse on itself. They start traveling further into the future, try and find their, their future selves in order that they can get the song from them that they will eventually write so they can try and stop the world from imploding. Um, at the same time, their children, uh, two daughters, are going through time trying to get together all the great musicians in history to make up the ultimate band to play the ultimate song that Bill and Ted will write. Um, Mm. There's a lot of plot there, but it's probably I'm making it a much more complex than actually. It's, very, it's quite a simple plot. Two, you know, um, in the film you've obviously got Keanu Reeves playing Ted, you've got Alex Winters playing Bill, uh, you've got Samara Weaving playing the daughter of Alex Winters, and Bridget Lundy Payne is playing the daughter of Keanu Reeves. Um, mm. Back from the original, William Sadler was back as Death, which was delightful. Um, you've got Kirsten Schall, she's playing the Rufus role, um, Kelly, which I thought, um, which is, I'll get to later, as a lovely touch. Uh, and Gillian mm. Bell pops up as a therapist, and Jamma Mays pops up as one of the wives as well. She's a few things out with this. Um, what do you think of this one? I thought it was okay. You are just okay? It, it had all the good nostalgia points, but would I have went to the cinema to see it? Probably. Would I have came out feeling a bit robbed because I had paid for the cinema? Yes. I think really? I think this is yeah. Like I said, I hit all the nostalgia points and I was loving it. But outside of that, it was a fleeting moment. I think I think this would have done just as well if it came out on like any of the streaming platforms. Well, yeah. it is on VOD. It is on VOD. It's, it's in the cinema just now, but it's also on VOD as well. I've done a dual release to try and maximize the audience. See, I would go again. Yeah, I would yeah. go opposite that because there's been two films released in the last six months of featuring double acts who I adore and mm. was happy to them back. So, when Jay Silent Bob's reboot was out six months ago mm. or so, I was thoroughly underwhelmed by that and, frankly, at times disappointed by that. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this, this was charming as hell. I absolutely enjoyed the fuck out of this. I thought it was really lovely. It was really oh, yeah. funny. It was really silly. And just seeing um, Keanu and Alex together as Bill and Ted, I thought was just genuinely just made me feel so happy, so wonderful. It, it was such a lovely touch to see them both together again. Um, yeah, and yeah. just like almost not missing a beat. They, they, they were acting the same, but it felt it, it felt real, and I thought it was really nice. Um, yeah, yeah. I just, uh, I just, you can see there's a good friendship there. Oh, there's, there's a true friendship there, definitely. Um, and it's kind of the kind of sequel we needed right now for a world that is getting infinitely more depressing. 
Um, <laughs> Bill and Ted bring a lot of joy to the world. Um, the mm. story is simple, and it makes as much sense as the other films. So I think the plot is almost, it, it's a minor device in just enjoying time with these characters. So that's really what it's all about. Um, I thought the two girls playing the sibling, uh, the, 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 the daughters, I thought they were great. Particularly the one playing Keanu's daughter, who I thought was fucking, she got his manners and down to an absolute key. And actually, she felt very Keanu-like. I thought it was really good. To the point where for most of the movie, I was like, is that a boy who's becoming a woman? Or is that a woman who's a boy? Yeah. <laughs> she does, she, it was all. <laughs> she, she, got the, she got the Keanu sort of attitude down so well. Um, and you can yeah, see that. You can imagine yeah. her being, a, uh, being a, a, an offspring of Keanu. Um but it, the, the true joy is, it's all the wee touches, like, you know, seeing William Sadler back again, that's lovely to see him as death. It was so funny and it was just really clever. Um, mm. I like the wee, the wee cameo by George Carlin, who obviously passed away like a decade ago. They used his hologram mm. as Rufus. I thought that was lovely. Um, yeah, that was nice. That was nice. Um, I love the fact they named the new Rufus Kelly. And if you don't know, mm. George Carlin's real life daughter is called Kelly. Uh... So, they, so they named. Roof, the roof, the new roof is after his daughter, which I thought, and she's in the film as a sort of cameo, sort of like an extra somewhere as well. So I thought that was a really oh, okay, nice cool. touch that they brought her in and they, they sort of honoured the George Carlin legacy with naming the new title Kelly. Um, I just thought it was really warm. It, just, it, it is funny throughout. There's some really silly moments, like the bits when they're fighting each other, like sort of like the sort of the, the older versus themselves, and it just yeah. Yeah, so much charm and so much love and just just honestly I, I it's a lovely time watching it and that's I needed a lovely film on Friday night and this was a lovely film to watch on a Friday night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good. Good. You're I'm glad you got it. You seem less convinced by this. Where yeah, are you and Ted fan Yeah. I did that. I, I watched um I watched the two of them I don't know, maybe like a couple of years ago. Right. Can't remember where I've seen them now. But I did watch them. Yeah. Like I said, that hits all the nostalgia points, but I'm just about like, ah, I could have lived with this movie. Uh, it wouldn't have changed how I feel about it, you know. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm genuinely, I genuinely find that absolutely adorable and lovely. Like, for, for, <laughs> like, like I compared it around to Jane Silent Bob Reboot. Did you enjoy Jane Silent Bob Reboot? Yeah, uh, I bet to, it, it was made for the fans. Yes. You know, it was a nice capping off of the, all the kind of stories, sort of speak, you know. Would you think, uh, think this is better than the... Bill and Ted was better than James Bond oh, yeah. reboot. Yes. Yes. I'll give it that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because I found James Allen Bob was a bit car. Just it was like a series of car like sketches. It didn't really feel like an overarching movie. Yes, and I think yeah. that's what this film had got in itself. Yes, there is definitely a sketch episodic element to it as it travels through time, but it did feel there was more of an overreaching mm. story that sort of what, and also there's a lot more heart to it in the end, which I thought really worked mm. for me. And I don't want to bring down Jane Bob Reboot, because yeah. both of them are massive Kevin, massive Kevin Smith fans, and we're in the bag for anything Kevin Smith does. But that film didn't give me the warm and fuzzies that I wanted to give me, whereas this one mm. made me feel warm and fuzzy watching it, and it felt, and I, I yeah. laughed a lot through it, like I generally did laugh out loud through a lot of the film, so I give that as a, a total win for it. Um, yeah. Anyway. Out of 10, what are you going to give it? I'm going to give it a 8 out of 10. See, I'm giving it an 8 out of 10 as well, but you were really negative on it, but I'm giving it 8 as well. How can, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But no, I thought, yeah, like, I said, like I said, I had, yeah, sorry, you go. I had all the nice points. 
Sorry, it, it just it hits all the nice points, but <sighs> would I was a couple of months ago was I sitting here choking for a Bill and Ted's uh, third movie? Absolutely not. Okay, that's, that's a, a fair point. That's a fair point. You, yeah. you, you don't need it, but when you got it, you're happy enough with it. Mm. Mm. That's fair. Yeah. I'll give you that. That seems fair. Yeah. I get it. There's, there's, there is absolutely yeah. no need for it. I do agree with that. There's no need for this Bill and Ted. We've done everything we need to do with Bill and Ted in the first two movies. There's no requirement for the third film. But what is every third film? I was yeah. genuinely very pleased with. So, made me happy, made me warm and fuzzy. And I need warm and fuzzy right now. Um, the world is going to hell. Give yeah. me some more Bill and Tedness. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> so that's it for this week. Next week, We'll get we'll get a, a bunch of films, so I'm gonna we'll, we'll rattle these off. Some of well, one of them is New Mutants, which I've still not seen in the cinema. So I'm gonna try my balls to go and see New Mutants this week in the cinema. I've not had a chance to go yet. I am going to Bill and Ted beat it essentially. Obviously, New Mutants are Bill and Ted. Good luck. Bill and Ted. So New Mutants are still if the cinemas are still open and the world's not turned to chaos, I'm gonna go and try and see New Mutants. Um, on Good that, I've got a couple of Netflix films. One is called The Devil All the Time, which. I haven't heard a lot about all in the cast. Looks really, I got Tom Holland in it. Looks really interesting sort of thriller with, with Spider not Spider Man in it, but the actor playing Spider Man. Um, so it was a bit different mm. from what we were expecting. So that's on Netflix now. Also on Netflix coming out on Wednesday, I think the twenty third, is Enola Holmes, which is sort of a almost young adult teen version of Sherlock Holmes. It's Sherlock Holmes' younger sister investigating a crime. It's get, I'm intrigued by it. It's got the girl from Stranger Things playing Ola Holmes, and it's got somebody big playing Sherlock. So I'm actually quite. It looks very sweet and cute, and it, the trailer looks fun. It looks like a good okay. sort of fun family movie. Your face is not saying you want to watch. <laughs> I may be back saying the same stuff again that I just <laughs> said for Bill and Ted. <laughs> um, another one that's on is on Amazon, and it's called Get Juke which is about a bunch of kids in the Scottish Highlands getting hunted by Eddie Izzard. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah, so look forward to that. Right, it, it, looks, it looks kind of in the same vein as sort of like a Shaun the Dead kind of comedy take on like sort of the thriller. So look okay. Look, look okay. That's on Amazon. I will send you the list over later <laughs> on today. Um, cool, cool. On that, <laughs> tell me where to find us. Those who are on media places. <laughs> Awkward. All the all the social media haunts at three beers in a movie. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And that is that. Okay, man. And for this week, I've been Richard. You've been Baggy. You've been listening to three beers in a movie.